0: listeners how's everything going this is Tyler Dunn here with Bob McGinn for another episode of the Ty and Bob pod at golong golongtd.com and inside the Substack app however you listen and however you read our stuff i cannot thank you enough this season has been phenomenal to see this community grow bob is just awesome you know we did that game day chat uh during the green bay san francisco game and Hell, I think there was 700 comments in there. We had, we had mm-hmm. listeners from Slovenia, from London, all over the country. It mm-hmm. was humbling to say the least that we've been mm-hmm. able to just connect with fans, Packer fans, NFL fans, all over the world. And uh, just so everybody out there knows, it's not like you know things shut down when a season's over. I cannot wait for the off season. It's such a great opportunity to tell some more long-form stories. You have a little more time to chip away at stuff, have some good projects planned. But that is for another day because, well, Jim Monas and myself, we dissected the Bills' playoff defeat to the Kansas City Chiefs, the third in four years, the fifth in a row, the six out of seven years for Sean McDermott. Uh, There's a column live at long on the decision that the Bills are going to have to make You're going to run through your head coach. You're going to run through your quarterback. Check that out if you'd like. On this show, there's going to be a lot of Green Bay Packers talk. A lot of Detroit Lions talk. Man, it was almost a NFC North, NFC Championship game. I I was just telling Bob this before we hit record. Just with the sequence of the games and how it all kind of led to Bill's Chiefs my brain is like scrambled. I'm, I'm still like picturing Josh Allen, you know, floating left, flipping the torso around, fitting that throw to Khalil Shakir and, uh, you know, fake putts to Damar Hamlin and Nicole Hardman trying <laughs> to extend the ball. I mean, just <laughs> all of that craziness is like polluting my mind. So organically, as we start talking about Packers Niners, I'm sure there'll be a lot of moments that resurface and it's like, oh my God. Like they, watching that game, I think that this podcast will probably take on a similar pattern, Bob, but I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, man, the Packers game, that is. When I sit down with Bob to to dissect this all, it's going to be just like the podcast we did at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel after the Seattle game, the 2014 NFC Championship game, when you know, we went one play to the next. I don't know what the final tally was. It felt like it was 15, 16 plays where if it goes the other way, Green Bay wins that game. Maybe not quite to that extreme, but but not that far off. This was, you know, a successful season for the Green Bay Packers, exceeded expectations, et cetera, et cetera. But hell, these opportunities they don't just grow on trees. This was a team that was hot at the right time, and they gave this game away. It's gonna sting for months. Uh, initial thoughts, Bob? Agree? Disagree? Uh, on the magnitude of this game. I mean, it's it's going to hurt. I don't care how young you are. I don't care what people thought about your team.
1: So, Tyler, I guess it was about four weeks ago when I said this uh, Green Bay team could beat anyone. That was probably after the Thanksgiving Day game, right? I think I said that, yeah. Yeah. You and I, Brett Far both. I can't believe they lost this game, like you were suggesting. I, I mean, I really can't. This baby was over. And another crushing defeat at the end of a Matt LaFleur. Another fifth straight in a row for Matt LaFleur. Uh, Just so many things were in their favor. They did so many things well. And then they shit the bed, I guess, huh, Tyler?
0: Yeah, they didn't just piss down the leg. They shit the bed. That was a full-fledged feces. Uh, You know, it's... I think that the off season is, it's so long, you know, there's going to be a lot of time for everybody. And and I think with this team, especially the time, it was probably about 10 minutes before people were saying the future is bright in green Bay. And as, as the off season goes along, I I think most people will get to that place of Jordan love is in his second year into 2024 throwing to, a slew of 22 and 23 year old receivers money will come off the books. They'll, they'll, they'll improve on paper, but the longer you're around this game, and this is something that I had to learn myself. I think I started covering the NFL full-time that 2011 season at the journal Sentinel. It's you learn quickly that opportunities just are, they they, they can be fleeting that, that feeling that a team has that this Packers team had in Dallas where it doesn't matter defensively what a team's doing. You know, I had that person close to Jordan Love tell me that he feels totally prepared for anything, any blitz, any coverage he's got answers for. I mean, they reached this place of confidence um, that that can carry you to a Super Bowl. I mean, I came out of that Dallas game thinking, hell yeah, this, this team can get to the Super Bowl and win it. They could have. The defense played better than... They had, and the offense was a juggernaut, and then all of a sudden this 49er game, will get into a play-to-play-to-play, but do you think that psychologically it's going to take long for the Packers to, to shake this off, or do do you think the age is on their side? Like, I don't know. what. How do they kind of process this all?
1: Uh, you know, that's eight months away, Tyler. I mean, I just think I just don't see psychological hangover. I just don't, you know. I just think it's how players develop, what new players you bring in, who you lose, and then injuries. And, you know, you're dead right about this. This uh, I know the future's bright, sky's the limit, all the cliches, right? right? But this is not automatically the team of the future. I mean, Jordan Love did not miss a snap this year. Now, he might well get hurt. And they we don't even know if they have a backup in Sean Clifford. I mean, the odds are he will probably miss a game at least one next year. That's just the way the NFL is. I imagine half the quarterbacks in the league lost a lost a start this year due to injury. And then when he goes down, I mean, the whole thing changes. And there's losses here or there that you're not expecting. Um, Aaron Jones will be 30 late next season. I mean, he was as valuable as anybody on that offense. He had an unreal close. He was their MVP down the stretch. So... You know, you just don't know, but uh, but they really blew one here. And that's kind of the way it has been with Matt LaFleur for five straight years. I mean, you look at these defeats. At San Francisco, gets blown out. Home against Tampa Bay. Bad weather. He's favored. He loses to Brady. San Francisco at home. Jimmy Garoppolo loses that 13-10 on the block punt. Last year, chance to get in the playoffs. Favored heavily against the Lions. Loses 20-16. to and this year, after a great victory over Dallas, one of their best playoff victories in years, he gets beat at San Francisco in a game he should have won. So he's uh, he's 0-5 in these big games, these elimination games. And he's won all these games. He's won 59 games. He's never been to a Super Bowl.
0: Where do you want to start? Where can you start?
1: Well, let's start with um, the things that d- didn't go good. What cost him in this game, okay? Rashawn Gary, where was he in this game? I mean, there was pretty good pressure on Purdy, but where was Gary? Like, he was nowhere in this game, man. And I'll just tell you right now, I'm ranking Preston Smith ahead of Gary at Edge Rusher in this NFC North that'll, that the readers will see in, in one day from now. One scout argued to that extent, and I agreed with him. The safeties, not only the dropped interception, but the tackling by Owens and Savage. Totally unacceptable, and you they've, they've got to get two starting safeties, period. Carlson and the missed field goal. Just can't have it. And he had a bunch of misses all year. Jordan Love, a ridiculous interception. You get that ball, the way the NFL is set up, the odds are at least 50-50 you get a tying field goal, Tyler. It's just not that hard to throw these little dink and dunk and hit craft for eight out in the flat, and then you do this, and you do that, and you hit Jones on a check down, and then you got a 45-yard field goal, and Carlson makes it, and it's OT. Totally blew it. He had the other pick that set up a field goal. Um, So, I mean, he just had a horrible second half. The receivers in this game, just so-so. I mean, I didn't see Dobbs getting great separation. I didn't see Watson do anything. Um, They really played to their age in this game. Failure in the red zone. That's on the floor. It's on love. Two out of five. Um, What was great before we start the positional, they lose Zach Tom in mid third quarter against Nick Boza and Boza does not kill their number three tackle. That is a tribute to their to LaFleur's ability to massage that. It's a tribute to Josh Nijman. It's a tribute to Butkus, the old line coach, Stanovich, the the OC. Tremendous job making up for Zach Tom's absence. And then just Aaron Jones. I mean, uh, he might have been the best player on the field. He was incredible. He was every bit as good as Christian McCaffrey. And then they had breaks in this game. You had an underdog reign, Tyler. That benefits the underdog every, every step of the way. Yeah. It reduced the crowd noise. Those fans out in, uh, not Candlestick, whatever it is, Levi's Stadium, <laughs> they showed that picture of uh, the two announcers sitting there before the start of the third quarter. The seats looked about 15% full. Everybody must have been hiding during the intermission. I don't know I- if they made it back. And then the Packers get a huge break. They lose Debo Samuel after nine snaps, right? Yes, yes. Massive. Lest we and forget. Take, and you can't take advantage of that. So a lot of guys played down on on a day when they couldn't have people play down. Moral victories, forget all that stuff. This team, who cares about the odds? They didn't even know any. These pundits, I had a Green Bay 27, losing 27-23. I knew how good they were, but these people forget this national stuff. I mean, they're not watching this team every day and they're not seeing the negative San Francisco had. I mean, I wasn't sold on Purdy to start with. So this, this was a really close game. I give Niners the edge and they won this thing, but they really, they shouldn't have green Bay had this thing there for the taking and they dropped the ball. This is as crushing a defeat as the Tampa Bay game. The San Francisco game, both in Lambeau, the Lion game last year. It's equally. And it comes on the heel of a fantastic performance against Dallas. Let's not lose sight of that. <clears throat> so that's my overall assessment, Ty.
0: It's it's very similar to the Arizona wild card loss, Aaron Rodgers, Kurt Warner, back and forth, but just in terms of I mean you covered that team day to day. I wasn't out there quite yet. But from what I gathered after the fact, they they really felt like there was nobody that they could beat them at that point, at that point of the season. Right? At that point of the season they got hot. They they wanted a piece of Minnesota again. Aaron Rodgers had turned that corner and you had the number 1 defense in the NFL that just fell apart at the worst time. But yeah, it just you, you. I guess my point is, like, they they won the Super Bowl the next year, so they they got a ring. But then you go a decade of what could have been with Aaron Rodgers. You just don't know how this is going to play out. And this is coming from a Jordan Love believer, essentially, since he was in diapers. <laughs> you don't know, <laughs> like, like you just said, injuries happen, teams change it's a human game. You don't know how players are going to improve crumble. How do the next drafts go? Do signings work out? Do they backfire? Cause all we can discuss is what's going on in this moment with this team out of that Dallas game. You know, I sat down with Romeo Dobbs and Jonathan Owens trying to get a sense for where they were mentally. They, they genuinely believe they had their own expectations to go the distance. And I, I I believed him. Yet, these plays that you cited, that you're going to break down right now, that's what decides games.
1: All right, let's start in, Tyler. Let's look at the wide receivers and the receiving core. Uh, man, this Melton guy, huh? Man, I mean... He ran that fake bubble over there against Gibson. He slips 19-yard touchdown, wide open, beautiful execution, great play design. On the previous play, Love goes deep on third and 15, I believe it was. Hey, Melton beat the guy, uh, Ambry Thomas, 41-yard PI. Melton only played 17 snaps. Now, they're playing Watson, 37. He was a non-entity. I really don't know what his deal is, but... uh, he didn't do anything. Uh, Dobbs played the most 54. Hell of a post corner against Ambry Thomas on third and six, drew a PI 13 yard penalty. Did not get separation against her ward in the end zone. Incomplete on that breakup. Wouldn't have, would have been an 11 yard touchdown. Huge play. Um, third and six. Ward slipped and he got a 38 yarder. That was a heck of a play by Dobbs. He ran out of bounds. I don't know if I like that, Tyler, but okay. (laughs) Lived to fight another day. Uh, He had one poor block on a failed bubble screen. He is such a quick cutter, though. He is slippery. He's got the top of. Get better. Wicks, uh, and that was a hell of a story, Tyler, on Dobbs. Man, I learned a lot about him, and everybody else did. That was a beautiful job. Wicks, 27 snaps, um, played pretty well. I like the guy. And Reed ran the over uh, wide open on an over. Man, when Musgrave and Watson, you got a tight end who can run, a wide out who can run, cleared that whole side out. The, the veteran safety, Logan Ryan's out of position, 27-yard gain. And around, he gained nine. I don't know. I don't think Reed got the ball enough in the last – two or three or four games, but they scored 48 against Dallas. That's a nitpicking. Uh, The tight ends. Musgrave. uh, I mean, you know, these tight ends, LaFleur did a great job, really. And I don't really like this kind of football, but, you know, the chipping on the pass rusher, the best rusher, and then you just kind of leak the tight end out and you hit him for seven, right? Well, when you got a slow tight end like they've had here in the last couple of years. The gain is three here. It's a gain of seven or eight or something. And, and they took full advantage of Musgrave and Kraft. Both of them should have bright futures. Um, And Kraft, uh, master of the leak out, I wrote down. The quick flat, the two-yard touchdown. Um, Bozes shifted late on that one play, cut across his face, no gain on a run. So that's it on the receivers. Should we go to the old line, Tyler? Okay. Um, all right, Tom. Gets hurt middle of the third quarter. A head injury of some sort. He pulls. He, right tackle. He pulls right in the beginning. Great play. Gets right on uh, Dre Greenlaw. Uh, Jones games 10 it was a heck of a play. You know, he had, yeah, he had chip help. But he made some great man pass blocks against both uh, Boza and Chase Young. I think the guy's really good right now. He should only get better. Mm-hmm. Um, he pulled right again on a toss. Got all over the X-Packer backer, Oren Burks. Gain a nine for Jones. I mean, that was, should have been a tremendous loss. That most teams in the league, there's no way they could overcome the loss of a tackle against Boza. In comes Nijman. He gave up a, a spin to Boza for a knockdown, but on that two-point pass, he handled Boza, man. Um, he played good. There's nothing wrong with the Neizumann as your sixth old lineman. All right, inside, you know, Jenkins had the most problems. He gave up one, two, three. He gave up four hurries, one half bad run. Um, I thought he didn't have a real good game. Um Walker, the, the left tackle. Two hurries, one half bad run. That's not bad. Mostly Chase Young over there. And then the guards, they played uh Ryan Moore in this game. He played 47. Ryan and Runyon 47, Ryan 20. Um, I got no no negatives on Ryan or Runyon. He was solid. And Ryan. Um Okay, the crucial fourth and one, right? He ducked under six six uh, Eric Armstead, and Armstead went over the top of him, and he got to uh, Jordan Love. So part of that's on him. The other half, the other part, is on Love for staying too high on that darn thing. Um, he had an illegal downfield penalty, and he had, and that was, and he had two bad runs. All right, that's it. Um, should we go to Jordan Love t?
0: Let's get to it.
1: All right, we got a rainy wet ball. It's not easy, you know. You can't see the rain on TV. But when you're at the stadium, I mean, it's a beast trying to throw that wet ball. I know it's really hard. Now, he's got big hands. Let's see how big his hands are. Ten and a half, he's got huge hands. That should be absolutely no problem. Okay, um, first play throws a while on a swing, uh, swing pass. They had a big play chance on that one. You know, I just this really struck me in this game when he's under center, he's going back like nine steps, T, and he gets back there so fast, so athletically, that just opens up so many dimensions of their offense. It helps the run game being under center, but yet he gets back there so fast. It almost is the same as a shotgun. He's so athletic and he bounces back there. You know, when you see him, you just think he's going to complete every pass. He looks great in the pocket. All right, he threw high to Musgrave uh, on a man-to-man over there against Warner. Pretty good coverage. Tough throw. On the screen, they knocked Jones down. What did he do? Tossed it away like a veteran. Loved his poise on that thing. He was running away from pressure. Almost always going to the right. You know, he has to be a little bit more unpredictable and head left. He'll work on that. Tom Clemens is good at those drills every day in practice. All right, the fourth and one, you can't minimize it. It cost him a field goal. He was too high on that sneak. Was a tough one. All right, second half. Third and one on the sneak. He got it. He got lower. Yep. Go ahead, guy.
0: On the fourth and one sneak, I wanted to ask you, what were your yeah. thoughts on Love hustling up to the line of scrimmage? It was a little rushed.
1: It was, but they think it's good, don't they? They practice it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. They think it's to their advantage because they know what they're doing. The defense doesn't, so the defense has to rush.
0: Um, I guess a lot of teams I, do that, but I, for whatever reason, I had a weird feeling in the stomach like, eh. Did you? I don't know with yeah. this team, as young as they are, you might want to really know what the hell you're doing collectively here.
1: Yeah, and the spot. I mean, you can't see it from TV. You got right. you got raw eyes, two guys on the sideline. I mean, they do the best they can, you know. All right, third and fifteen. The bomb. The Melton. He was on target and got that forty-one yard pi pi on Thomas. Um, Bose is right in his face for a knockdown. Hits Dobbs for 15. Great throw. Tight window. That was probably his best ball of the day. He threw wild in the flat to Kraft. Third and 11. Um, Kraft on the typical leak out. Moving from right to left. He throws it high and behind him, right? Pick. Led to a field goal. That was bad. It was bad. I mean, you can't miss high in the middle of the field. You just can't do it. And he's been totally immune for that for the last half of the season. It's just a bad ball, period. Uh, Third and two, he threw a wild check down to Jones, and I think they punted there. That was in the second half. All right, so 107 left with a hard rain, first and 10 on the 25. I think they're out of timeouts there. All right, uh, he throws one ball, gain of eight, throws high on an incompletion, throws another ball for four and a first down. 45 seconds left. Um, Tyler, there wasn't pressure. He kind of moved right the way Rodgers used to move right when he just didn't really like what was there in the pocket. He could have sat there. I, I wouldn't give anybody from the Niners a pressure or charge Green Bay with a pressure. The blockers, no way. And he just kind of goes to the right and just made a knucklehead decision. Um uh, couple guys back there watson's in no position to come get that ball i think the odds are good the ball is at the 37 at that point with 45 seconds left most guys can get a team down there and get a decent field goal attempt 50 anyway this is not a it's not a miraculous comeback it's not something you you write your game story the next day about oh my god I'll come back for it's not these NFL court quarterbacks and offenses are so skilled and defenses have no chance with all these penalty flags flying. You just do it. It's, it's not a big deal and he couldn't do it. So that's it on the QB. Uh You want me to do running backs before we overall on, or you want to go here T?
0: That's why we're on love. I mean, you're right. That's such a good point. I think all of our football brains need to evolve into the state that you just described. Like when there's a couple minutes left and you have even a timeout, hell, if you, even if you don't have a timeout, the way the league is set up with the rules, the way defense is playing coverage, it's not much at all to get into field goal range. That That's why all of the animosity and the vitriol and just disgusting uh, stuff that you see here in Buffalo off of uh, Tyler Bass's miss, it makes Zero sense. Obviously, there's no place for death threats, regardless of what happens in a sporting event. But just, like, use your brains, people. Patrick Mahomes is doing whatever the hell he wants. The Chiefs are doing whatever they want. Ah, Sean McDermott's defense is caving yet again in the playoffs. There is zero resistance whatsoever. Mahomes is going down blindfolded to get them in the field goal range to win the game. So... (laughs) Spare me the death threats to Tyler Bass that are just insane to begin with. Uh, that poor guy, man. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and to flip it here, it's yeah, – I think I – w- I was surprised that they didn't. Like, do you think that's kind of the, the minimum? Even though Green Bay w- was struggling on offense in comparison with the Chiefs were doing all day. Uh, it and, and, and In terms of love – you know, I think uh, it's a little premature to do what some media members here in Western New York are doing. I, I, I saw some interesting takes out of this game after that throw. Josh Reed said, love is a fraud. Don't believe the hype. Come on, Josh. I like you. I, I think it's a little too Who soon. Who said that? He? He's actually kind of a buddy of mine here in town. He's in TV, Channel 4. Okay. Says, love is a fraud. Seems a little soon, Josh. Got to gotta talk to him about this at the Combine. So I, I won't go to that extreme. I don't think anybody should go to that extreme. I think that the future is in phenomenal hands, but this is a game that right now uh, is going to linger. Tyler, you know,
1: I'm tough on this team right now because I think they were really good, period. Enough to win the Super Bowl, you know? I think they were really good. They're better than some of these Rogers teams that got beat. This team right now, they were ready to roll, man. They were young, precocious, not feeling pressure. People looking either past them or just not really excited about them. So I'm going to be hard because this team was good. That's why. And the
0: flip side of that is what we've seen in Buffalo, a tight coach and a tight team finding ways to overthink and finding ways to lose late in games. I think the more you're in these games, the more you can kind of go that direction, any team. So that was an advantage. That's a great point, Bob. Like, they they, they don't know what they don't know. They feel no pressure. There's someone else went to the number one seed and knocked them out. So, yeah, you should be hard. I agree. Yeah. I mean, all these playoff games, every column that is written, every take that is spewed on television, everything should have a lot more bite to it after these playoff games than anything that you heard during the regular season, Aaron Rodgers said himself once like playoffs. That's where you make your legacy. All right. Right. We, we we can talk about regular season success. All we want. Sean McDermott did it at his season ending presser today, you know, pointing to the 10 win seasons and all of that. Well, I don't want to hear about the triumphant heroic runs to the 44% club. <laughs> like, I don't want to, like, if you're good enough, and I'm talking bills here, it's a different state of the franchise, but, Like they should not be judged in the regular season. They should be judged in the playoffs, right? Green Bay's not at that point yet, but these playoff games should be scrutinized because it's a million times more important than anything we've talked about up to this point. Right.
1: All right, let's go to the RBs. Um, Aaron Jones, huh, Tyler? Is this right That was the first 100-yard game against the Niners in 50 games. Almost three and a half years. I think so. I'm not positive of that, but. All right, pinballing. First carry of the game. Man, is he ready to play. You know, goes slicing over that right side for seven. Third and one. Gains two with a hell of a surge. Very, very tough. Kept taking shots from Warner and Greenlaw. My God, just, you know, brushing off the chest inspiring his teammates attacking left end plus nine breaks three tackles stiff arm on the last two guys third and one runs through boza who beat Kraft inside gain a one first down fumbles the toss it's on jones minus 11 bad uh the 53 yard run that was on the first play really after something the niners had done i can't i don't have a play-by-play here but Made the safety Logan Ryan miss six yards downfield. He gains 47 after the where he should have been down. Makes Logan miss. Then Oren Burks, the X ex, pack how's he still in the league? Overruns the play and way goes Jones for 53. Unreal effort. Again, they benefited by not having to put A.J. Dillon, not feeling incumbent upon them to put Dillon on the, in the game. He's inactive. And Wilson was fine, and Taylor was fine. So uh, that's the offense. And let's go to the D, Ate. Let's do it. All right. So there was a lot of pressure on Purdy. There's no question about it. The loss of Debo Samuel, really brutal. I mean, they don't have that many. Their backup receivers. So without Samuel, they got Ayuk. Jawan Jennings, the big guy, Ray Ray McLeod's really a return guy, and Chris Conley. Kittle, the other two tight ends aren't receivers, Warner or Willis. And they got McCaffrey, who's really a great slot receiver. He could play anywhere out there. But they're a little bit limited, and the right tackle, McKivitts, is obviously a weakness, and Hutchinson could fe- feast on this guy. Well, Rashawn Gary did not feast on the guy, but let's stick with the interior players first. Kenny Clark, kind of up and down, Ty. Um, He had a knockdown. He had a hurry against McKivitz. He had a flush against the right guard, Feliciano. However, he got knocked down on a run right at him, a rush for nine. Um, He beat uh, Trent Williams and Kittle first play, third quarter, loss of one. He made a fine react and hit McCaffrey on that bubble screen. And then late in the game on the McCaffrey winning touchdown, six yards, he just got blocked one and one by the center. uh, Jake Brendel, he just got screwed down into the ground. Up and down day for him. All right, Wyatt, um, he made one play against the run. He missed a tackle on the line of scrimmage. I got him for no pressures at all, so he didn't do anything. Colby Wooden. Uh, We'll get to the special teams play later, but uh, he got a knockdown on an up against the left guard, Aaron Banks. On that touchdown, the winner, six yards, right at him. He got shoved out of there by the double team. He's five yards out of the hole. Brutal. I'm a little surprised he was on the field in that play. I don't believe Slayton wasn't on the field. Um, Brooks had two pressures, played pretty good. Slayton was just okay. He had one run stuff. Let's go to the uh, the edge. All right, Gary. I got him with one knockdown against McKivitts, who's a very ordinary right tackle. A fifth-round pick from Pitt, I believe, in 2020. Um, one knockdown he had on a third and five. The pass went incomplete. Got him off the field. I got nothing else for him. <sighs> Boy, you don't pay a guy that kind of money for that. Preston Smith. He got a sack against Purdy early. Purdy held the ball for five point six seconds. It was a four-man rush. And Preston, he's the finisher, man. He knows how to tally him up. Put it on you can put it on the board. Yes. That's Ken Hawk Harrelson. <laughs> all right. He uh,
0: I got that reference.
1: Pete, did you? Yeah. Yeah. The hawk. He set a great edge against Trent Williams of all people. It was unreal. And the rush was for one yard. He he fought off Williams. That guy's a beast, man. All time beast. Great play. He got a knockdown uh, late. 302 left in the game, Tyler, on that winning drive. He was so tired on about the fifth play of that drive, he didn't even rush. He came off the ball, stood up, and just did not engage Trent Williams. He was exhausted, but they didn't have Anakbari, and these guys only played like three snaps. At a time all season long, so uh, the loss of Enigbari was uh, was a bit of a blow. He diagnosed a screen to McCaffrey for no gain. Uh, he blew contain on Purdy on that nine yard scramble. He's the one that blew that contain and let Purdy off to the left to set up that winning score. Um, all right, Van Ness, I got nothing for the guy. He didn't get anything done. Um. That's it on the front, Tyler. Any thoughts there before we go to the linebackers?
0: Just that there were a couple moments where I'm thinking this is the play where Rashawn Gary wrecks the game and, and does what we saw two months ago, whenever that was Thanksgiving. There were a few rushes where he'd get somewhat close and I'm thinking, "Our here it comes. And it, it just, it never did. I, I thought that would be the difference in the game. He, he forces Brock Purdy into that one mistake. Uh, now Brock Purdy potentially made those mistakes. Green Bay just couldn't catch the ball on defense, which you'll get into. Uh, but, yeah, that's they got a lot of money in him. They're, they're going to need him to be that force.
1: Ty, I'll give Gary a bit of a pass because he had the ACL about 13 or 14 months ago. So I expect him to be better next year. You know, that's... That's not uh, that's not BS. Look, look, we've seen enough ACL guys take some, sometimes two years. All right, the linebackers. Um, McDuffie started on early downs. Campbell played on passing downs, more or less. Uh, they matched IU on McDuffie early again at ten. Um, he bumped Kittle in that zone coverage, led to an inter- incompletion. Great play, Campbell. You know they played like a bear defense, a six-one. With uh, Quay Walker in the middle, Campbell on the line, um, Kittle beat him for a gain of nine out of one of those. He had a knockdown. He had a nice play against Brendel on a gain of one. He broke up a slant to Iuke. He missed Kittle uh, missed a tackle, so he was okay. Quay Walker on that six, that six man front again, you know. Um, He was involved in a stunt on that play with with six rushers, and that's when Purdy scrambled right and hit Kittle for 32. I'm going to blame Walker on that. He got hung up inside. He lost his balance, and that enabled Purdy just to kind of step out there about five, six uh, yards and had time to hit Kittle coming across on the over against uh, Savage. Um, Run right at him. How tall is Quay Walker, Tyler? (laughs) He's a tall player.
0: That's about seven foot four, probably. He Which is six three
1: and a half. Okay, he plays too high when old linemen come at him. You know, he, he doesn't. He's too high, and he just gets locked up, velcroed, and it happened here uh, in the second half a little bit. So that's enough there. Let's go to the uh, the secondary. Uh, Nixon dropped the pick, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Although that ball might have been slightly deflected. I'm not sure, but I'm might've been. Okay. Let's go to the corners. Um, Valentine. geez, he played really good. He didn't give up anything. Alexander didn't give up anything either. All the passes were inside or junk stuff. I mean, it was Kittle. There wasn't much deep. Okay. Alexander. Um, he got involved with Samuel and knocked him out of the game. I don't really know how that happened, but he had a helmet hit on the guy and then he wrecked his shoulder. You know, <laughs> even on plays when he does nothing, Tyler, he's a shit disturber, man. He, yeah. He, he chirps and gets and flits around people when – He's the highest-paid corner in the the league. He's been to the All-Pro, Pro pro Bowl. Doesn't he realize you should play with some dignity at this point? I mean, but no, he's never changed. He's just this – I'll bet opponents just hate this guy.
0: Isn't that a quality? Isn't that a good thing you want on your team? I
1: like – I like great players who you can respect – They get to a certain point. Now, he's not a great player, but based on some designation he is and his his bank book he is. But then when you get to a certain level, they're just above all that. Guys grow up, you know, and they just kind of become great players. They understand the meaning of the sport they're in, and they're not going to go into this chicken stuff uh, like that. I don't know. Then he gets – he's fine one play. And right as this play comes in, then he limps off. But he was perfectly fine during that snap. The camera showed him for about six, seven seconds. He wasn't hit. There was no problem. Then he goes and limps off, collects a little sympathy, and then comes back without even missing a snap. There was some kind of stoppage. I don't know. I don't get the guy, Tyler, but I just wonder what his teammates think of that guy. All right, Valentine was their best corner in this game. Let's go to the safeties. All right, Owens, uh, missed tackle on Kittle, gain of 32, cost him 17 yards, the missed tackle. Um, He missed McCaffrey on that touchdown run. He missed McCaffrey on the second touchdown run. Comes in with a shoulder block from our left, McCaffrey's left. No arms. He made one good play. He made a good read. And he nailed McCaffrey for minus one. But Jonathan Owens had a good run. He really did. It's a credit to their pro personnel department for getting this player. And he did all he could. But, you know, he's not a starting caliber player. All right, Savage. He made the fantastic play at at Dallas. This time he had a chance to make another one at the 50-yard line. Dropped the ball right in his hands. I think part of the problem is why did he jump? He left his feet before that ball hit his hands. Just just walk, stride right through the thing. Don't jump. Leroy Butler taught me that years ago. Don't jump when you don't have to. Your head bobs, your eyes move. Um, I Great think point. Kyle Juszczyk would have tackled him about five. I don't think it would have been a touchdown. I think he would have only had about a five-yard return. I'm not sure. All right. The 32 yards a touchdown pass to Kittle. They blocked six, third and five, man against Kittle. Uh, It was a three-by-one formation. Kittle moves from left to right. Terrible technique. Now, Johnson, Anthony Johnson, goes and doubles Ayuk. I assume they wanted to double Ayuk, not Kittle. I don't know that. I don't know if Johnson was right or wrong. Um. Yeah, he missed McCaffrey on the 38-yard touchdown, arm tackle, 33 yards after that missed tackle. And he made a good hit in the flat against McCaffrey, a hell of a play. They need two starting safeties. All right, special teams will go quick there, Tyler.
0: I'll just say maybe Um, Simone Biles can talk to Jonathan. Right, she helped him (laughs) ahead of this season, said you're playing (laughs) slow. And it helped him in a big way. He <laughs> turned it around. He met up with the uh, the team psychiatrist and went over the paralysis by analysis and had some big plays. So maybe just a few more nighttime Could chats be. with Simone Biles and <laughs> Jonathan Owens will be good to go, as we wrote. All right, the kicking game.
1: Carlson may hit from 29, hit from 29 off a low snap, missed wide left from 41, missed by a couple feet, A little bit of a hook. Rainy, good snap, good hold, rainy weather, bit of a wet ball. Um, The game goes into overtime if he makes the damn thing. Um, All right, would Mason Crosby have made a difference? Crosby signed with the Giants late. He was four out of seven and six out of seven on uh, PATs. He was one for three field goals from 40-plus. But he's got playoff pressure. All right, whatever. Carlson didn't measure up this year. What do you think?
0: I mean, do you want to answer your own question? What do you think? Do well, I
1: think Crosby would have made that kick? Yes. I do too. He's made him his whole life in bad weather.
0: This is foreign territory for Anders Carlson. It really is. And so you knew heard... this, this moment could come. I mean, he's been struggling. Missing so extra... Nobody missed like... more kicks than him. Extra points really? and field goals. Combined,
1: huh? Okay. Tom Rinaldi, you saw the remark out of the production meeting with Lafleur, right? Lafleur had to t- try to walk it back. But of course, he was praying every time he went out there. Anybody looking at Carlson's face, you know, would be an ash cloth or something. I mean, <laughs> the yeah. guy does not inspire confidence.
0: He does not. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah I, get, I get. Matt Lafleur had to. He had to walk it back. He had to try to you know, trash Tom Rinaldi. I mean, Tom Rinaldi's been doing this for a long time. He's not just saying something out of context. Uh, yeah, that was, I mean, right when he said that, we were we were getting into it on the game day chat with fans. It was like, whoa, <laughs> mm. that's telling. And you for can see 30, why. We've seen him. We've seen him
1: all year. Chris Jackie was a uh, sixth round, six, I believe, maybe a five and 89 out of where UTEP or something. So he had his run, and then Longwell replaced him, and he had his run. And then Dave Rayner replaced Longwell, I believe, for one year, and then they drafted Crosby in the six in 07. So other than – and Rayner was adequate. They had horrible kickers for almost 20 years before that, Uh, some real uh, wing wingnuts. But but then for 34 years, it's been a terrific run, and now Carlson, I don't know, they can sit there and say – we stand, we have full confidence in Anders Carlson.
0: Full I confidence, Kyle. You, you bring in Giorgio Tavecchio and you just see what happens, right? <laughs> Do what you did a decade ago. Bring it, hey, bare minimum, you're going to be eating pretty good. He's Italian. He makes some really good Italian food. I think bear, that's one of 90. That's worth a roster spot out of the 90. <laughs> that Italian Giorgio Tavecchio. But you know what? I'm thinking back to Mason Crosby, and we talked a lot during his slumps and how he got out of it. And I think what really helped him, he started to view himself as just like not just this sideshow kicker that like part of the team, part of the operation. Like you're putting points on the board with those extra points. Like you, I don't know. Like mentally, he he just changed his thinking and was able to get out of that slump some way, somehow. Every kicker's different. I don't know. I mean, this is Andres Carlson's first season. It, it, could his career be over? I mean, if he starts next season missing kicks, you can't keep rolling with this guy. You can't, you can't handle it. So let's not forget that Jake Moody,
1: the first kicker taken by the but in the NFL draft from Michigan, where he really was automatic his senior year, he missed f- from 48. That was, it looked like it was kicked low, and Colby wouldn't block that thing at the end of the half. So each team missed a very makeable field goal. Uh, Isaiah DeGore had a great hit, shed the, the tight end Warner and made a, a tackle on a kickoff. And Kason Nixon, man. Again, I think the 49ers had just scored. And mm-hmm. the Packers had these three times, I believe, they just the next play regained momentum for them. That's why I'm so stunned. You know, they did this three times, the run by Jones, the return by Nixon, and a long pass to, was it Reed, I think, on that over? Three times, they just retaliated immediately. Nixon, great block by our buddy Corey Ballantyne on uh, Isaiah Oliver, right at the 22-yard line, and that paved the way for that 73-yard run. The guy fumbles the football, and then Eric Wilson, who you'll see on this on the NFC North team, certainly Green Bay's best special teams player this year made a, a hellacious recovery. So the yes. special teams was really good. Except
0: <laughs> the kick, huh? I'm sorry that that's just a perfect description. A hellacious recovery. <laughs> he was just like airborne, horizontal, out of nowhere. Put him in the Packers Hall of Fame right then. Kind of recovery.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we can talk about the Packers some other time, Tyler. Let's move on, okay? We had enough. I agree.
0: That yeah, if we can talk you into another podcast, like there will be time to really think big yeah. picture. All right. Um, okay, so now
1: let's go to Detroit, right? Let's switch my gears here. Look at you shuffling
0: those papers. I wish everybody could see this right now.
1: It's tough, isn't it, T? You go from one game to another, and you're so intense into one and now. What happened on Detroit? That's what you were doing after your post-Buffalo deal, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, I know. So what do you do with all those papers in front of you? Do they go in into a file cabinet somewhere? Oh, yeah. Some do. Absolutely.
1: Um. Oh, one thing I want to mention. Now, I don't know. I haven't checked on this in about six years since I left town. But remember Green Bay used to have about 110,000 names on the season ticket waiting list? Do you oh, have yeah. any idea? Have you read where that might be now? Mm-mm. Okay. Where do you think the lion wait list is now? This was in a column by Detroit free press city side guys. Why? I don't know. I'm interested though. All right. As of mid December, it's a 66,000 seat stadium. Lambo's now at 80, I believe. Yeah. So, and they kind of indicated that this was an amazing feat. 9,000 people on the wait list. <laughs> it's just. Wow. Now That's that list is going to. That list is going to explode to some extent, but it just shows you what Green Bay has right. With their fans. Oh every- my God. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Wow. You know, they've they've been good for 30 years and the Lions have been never been good for since the 50s so okay i mean it's um, the
0: whole pilgrimage you know to lambeau field paying homage to football itself all of that stuff wrapped into one it's and all true been improving the anemones throughout yet preserving the history that's a tough needle to thread too. it you know you can't just have the bowl that they had in the 90s to the end of time you can't as much as I wish they could same with the bill stadium here. Like I'm like, ah, the bowl's fine. Right. Who cares about that crack up in the upper deck? It'll throw some, some, uh, you know, super glue. That'll be, that'll be good. <laughs> you have to upgrade. You have to upgrade, but I was just back in green Bay a couple weeks ago and try to take some time, just kind of walking around the atrium, walking around the stadium. And you, you still get the sense that I remember this was Bob Harlan's big thing, right? With the renovations, at the turn of the century, preserving the history, playing into it, you know, they redid the Packers Hall of Fame. It, I thought that I think they had done a really good job. Now around the stadium with the Town District, that's like a whole a whole new world. I remember when there was a little Quickville across the street. You know, I'd <laughs> buy a copy of Packer Plus from the terminal. That was it. Yeah, the Quickville, and I think there was a subway attached to it. Now you've got Hinterland Brewing and Snow Tubing Hills and hotels and apartments. It's kind of nuts. Now, I am loyal to the other side of the river, though, downtown Green Bay. That's where I lived out there. So I think that's that's the real Green Bay. You cross that Fox River and you have a beer at Fox Harbor with our good buddy, uh, Kyle Kusinow. That's that's the Green Bay experience.
1: <laughs> All right, so the Detroiters. Um, Dan Campbell said Monday, he said, if you're an opponent, and Campbell played in New Orleans, coached, or coached in New Orleans. He played in Detroit when fans were not quite like this. He said, if you're an opponent, that's tough to play in. But you also walk away going, man, you'll never forget that environment. It's special to play under that kind of duress and stress in a home crowd that's not your own. Then he said, this is just the beginning. Well, we'll see about that. All right, their offense. Um All right, St. Brown caught eight out of only 14 for 77. He had a bad drop on third and 10. He made some terrific plays. Uh, Reynolds, I'm telling you, Tyler, he scored another touchdown on that third and five post from right to left, nine yards. That is his route. I've seen this. I'll bet he's got four touchdowns on that play and other big plays up the field on third down. It's a simple post. He's over there as an X. And he just beats people inside. He's got a big body and he's he's willing to go into traffic. He got a score. Um he's a pretty good player. Jameson Williams, uh 30, Uh, how many snaps for Jameson? Uh 42 snaps, four targets, two catches, 35. He's just a you know, a decoy runner clearing out an area. Now, uh, this one buddy of mine, I'm just gonna mention this. The old announcer, Mr. Van Patrick, he did Lion games from about the mid-50s till early 70s. And when we were in college, I mean, I grew up up in upper Michigan listening to this guy. And a couple things Van would say, he would say, he might have said, Jameson Williams now deployed to the left. (laughs) Landry on the give to far. Eight minutes and 32 seconds of playing time remaining. (laughs) Let <laughs> you say it. Uh, the kick is down. The kick is down. It's booted. It's up. It's good. All right. So let's move on from Bam Patrick, the old announcer.
0: Go ahead, T. Just real quick. It made me think of uh, Madden and Summerall. Like before this Packers 49ers game, just for the hell of it, I was YouTubing. 90s Packers 9ers Packers nine, game, just for the hell of it. It's so fun listening back and watching Madden and Summerall narrate those games. I like think I said, the only time AI should be used at all is if they could get Madden and Summerall on a Packers 49ers playoff game. Cause like they both had those little quirks, like in their little sayings that just became so iconic. Something so simple is deployed, right? Like Pat Summerall, nothing doing running back, just runs into the muck. Nothing doing, and he didn't. He wouldn't get too high. something crazy could happen, and it just touched down. Like, but it had, it had substance behind it. I don't know. Maybe it's just the nostalgia speaking. The I best. like it. Yep. Yeah. Um, Khalif
1: Raymond didn't play. I don't know if he plays this week. Now let's go to tight end. Brock Wright broke his forearm. He's out. So they signed Zach Ertz. Zach played at San Francisco on October 1 for the Arizona Cardinals. Ten targets, caught six for 53. He played seven games for the Cardinals. Caught uh, 27 balls, one, one score. I bet he plays in this game. I mean, Ferkser, the guy we talked about that you wrote about, he's their only backup tight end. You know, right on that third and one, he ran that drag route against the Packers last year in that finale. Do you remember that, Tyler? Not really, no. Uh, Same thing, moving from right to left, took it down the sideline at Lambeau for a huge game. Did the same thing here. Um, Made Neil the strong safety miss, gained an extra 18. The gain was 30. It was a great call by Ben Johnson. Laporta, you know, his knee's better, man. He played... 64 out of 73 snaps. Um, he missed a block on third and one on the goal line, loss of one. He beat uh, boy Carlton Davis and man on a slant for 13. I that still just kind of amazes me. A tight end going wide and beating one a, a better corner in the league, and then he killed. Uh, oh, he killed Brett Britt, that really tough guy linebacker, uh, KJ Britt, on a really nice move for 13. So they're hurting. I mean, they're down Raymond now, and they're down uh, Mitchell, who got hurt two weeks ago, and now they lose uh, Wright, So and Wright's their best blocking tight end. So that's a little bit thin. All right. Oh, and by the way, K.J. Britt. Man, I can see why he's playing over Devin White. K.J. Britt, he's an animal. He played uh, 59 snaps. White played 14. Now, yeah, right. he, Rick was great. Can, yeah, he can be exposed in coverage, though. But that guy from Auburn, man, he can play. He is a tough guy. Watching him and then Greenlawn, Warner, wow. Okay, the offensive line. So they lose Jonah Jackson, Tyler. Hmm. Knee injury. He has meniscus surgery Monday. They hope, if they're playing in the Super Bowl, to get him back. But they lose Jonah Jackson. Whew, he's their either third or fourth best lineman. That is a blow. So they put in Awasika, a guy who's been around. Let's check his numbers. I think he was drafted by the Rams, maybe. Awasika. So he'll be starting at left guard. No, he was signed as a free agent, undrafted in 21. 6'3, 307, ran 5'19. He's got 36 on the Wonderlic. Arms are short, 32 and 5'8. Hands are small, really small at nine. So he's going to have to battle with uh, some really good players, you know. Uh, uh, the big guy, Eric Armstrong and uh, Hargrave. So that hurts, certainly hurts Detroit. Um, Sewell had a really good game. Just an easy, easy mover, isn't he, in space? Huh. man. Unreal, his athleticism and size. Plus, I think he's you know wants to hurt people too. Uh, he does. Ragnell.
0: Ever since his game of uh, sharks and minnows as a kid in the states, <laughs> is that he what he a said? Sent him to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, we talked for uh, a story. This would have been September of 2022, and he just uh, shared the, the the story of his first bout of violence in the sport. It was it was magnificent.
1: <laughs> the sharks and the minnows. Yep, he's a shark. <laughs> Ragnall played hurt on this, whatever, he's got a knee or ankle, Jeez. I don't know. He's up against Vita Vea, 350. Um, Right at right in the beginning, he blocks Vea really well. It's a 10-yard gain. But at the end, finally, Vea just recovers his balance or whatever, and he just shoves Ragnall aside like he's a 10-year-old. Early in the game, the power of this man, he gave up a hurry to Vea. Uh, then he got rolled up on his left knee and returned. He blocked Vea really well on that one-yard touchdown, and he killed Vea in the fourth quarter on a gain of 12 when they were running off the clock. Uh, Glasgow, you know, the guy was voted the best right guard in the division. He, he came off the street from Denver. was a great pickup. He gave up third and two sack to Cansey on an up move, 2.3 seconds. Horrible. It was a real whiff. And he had a bad run late to La- uh, Lamonte David. Boy, is that another player, huh, David? Holy cow. Whew.
0: Yeah, he'll, and, be, uh, uh, he'll be playing, you know, when Ellen and Sonny are in high school, probably. I just feel yeah. like he's one of those evergreen players that will just play forever. What is it, Lamonte?
1: Yeah, Levante. I'm sorry, yeah. Levante. Yep. Okay. Um, and Decker was fine. I got no no negatives on Decker. He played well. All right, let's go to Jared Goff. Just like Aaron Jordan love. He was wild high in the flat. First play of the game. He threw a horrible interception that should have been picked by uh Jamal Dean in the end zone, a late, a lob didn't have much on it to St. Brown, but for the grace of God goes, uh, goes Goff on that one, you know, horrible play. Um, Just as Winfield smashed him down on a blitz, he hit Laporta for 13 on that in route against um, Carlton Davis. Second half, he was in total rhythm, just threw a ton of strikes, some play action, some not. It wasn't all play action. Threw that dime to St. Brown in the right corner, nine-yard touchdown over Davis, I believe. Um, That culminated that 10-play, 89-yard drive for a 14-point lead. He outplayed Baker Mayfield. Uh, He missed St. Brown on 3rd and 11 high, but he's just so modest and professional. I've used that word in the past, but he just is. And let's go to the running backs. Um, Gibbs, man, he gets that 7-yard carry off the left side. That would have been a lot more had Levante Davis not accelerated and got him down. It might have been a 50-yard touchdown. I made a uh, nice blitz pick up against Britt. He lowers his shoulder and runs hard. The guy has not been hurt, I don't believe. Maybe missed one game. He's been a durable guy. And on that 31-yard touchdown off left tackle, fullback lead with Cabinda, Uh, he's returned from injury about a month ago, and that gives them a two-back look if they want in four minutes. He cuts back, and now Winfield is right on the top of him, right? Single safety, there he is. And he just bolted left. Winfield had the angle, and he just outran him. He just blistered by him with speed.
0: The best safety in football, by the way, Antoine Winfield. Really good.
1: Yeah. And then he ran an option route against Britt. And, you know, that's a mismatch for Britt. And that was a 20-yard gain. I think Gibbs has a lot more to show in the passing game than he's shown this year. He'll only improve uh, barring injury with his route running. Montgomery, he's the four-minute back. He gave up a sack to Levante Davis in 3.2 second, seconds. That was bad. He had a chop block, wiped out a 26-yard pass. I still think Montgomery, you know, he hasn't done much in the last month, but I do think he's a big back. And then this was interesting. Craig Reynolds, you know, a tough guy who had played a lot against Tampa when both backs were injured. He hadn't had a carry since week eight, and it was fourth and one, Tyler. I believe it was fourth and one. And all of a sudden, Campbell inserts Craig Reynolds, their kickoff returner. And he. You know, he's a hard-running guy. He's probably the hardest-running guy. He, he trusts the guy. He believes in the guy. All those subs, man, on that sideline, all those guys between 35 and 53, you know they're checking this out. And Reynolds just crashes in there for that score, you know. Um, Campbell's not afraid. If you do it in practice, I think he's going to play in a game. That's it on the O, Tyler.
0: There's just so many of those players that the world doesn't know outside of Detroit that make plays like that for them throughout the season. Craig Reynolds, the last anybody's heard of him, he was decking Carlton Davis, you know, in the first time these guys played, back in whatever it was, September or October. And it's like Yes. It's the last time you even thought of him. There he is. Get the ball. Game on the line. Talk about element of, I mean, that, that's probably the element of surprise you're looking for. I have a hard time killing Sean McDermott because I love Dan Campbell's fake punts in terms of being more aggressive. He's trying to be more aggressive here in Buffalo. It's making a concerted effort. And that was kind of a, a talking point for him today at, at his presser, which is admirable. But it's got to be organic and kind of who you are. I don't think you can just snap your fingers and, and get it. Dan Campbell, he just has a feel for when to take these risks. And that, that, that's a risk. This guy hasn't carried the ball.
1: <laughs>
0: and there it is. Touchdown. I mean,
1: he would have been pillory had he gone the wrong way or running to go I it's know. It. The- <laughs> he hadn't touched the ball. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Number 13 takes the field. <laughs> and so Van would have said, golf on the give to Reynolds. <laughs> Touchdown, Detroit. Okay. Van Patrick, the old announcer, Tyler. Um. All right, the defensive line. All right, McNeil. Um, uh, I didn't think he got a lot done. I got him for nothing in this game. He was basically shut down. Mm-hmm. Um. I got nothing. Good or bad. The the guy they started next to him was Tyson Alu, who's like thirty five. He played twenty snaps. He's off the street about five six weeks ago. Made a good read on a bubble. He got killed by uh, Stinney, the left guard, on a gain of 15, and he had a knockdown late. Benito Jones, he only played 12 snaps, their other massive guy inside. He stuffed the center on a run for one, and he had a flush against the center, incomplete, near sack. Now, this is the guy they've really been waiting for, is Levi Anwazureke, second-round pick in 2021, plagued by injuries first two years. I don't know why they haven't played him more. He only played seven snaps in this game. I don't I don't know. He must be weak against the run, but I'm not sure of that. I haven't seen him enough to know, but he's got – I remember all the stuff pre-draft. The guy has ability as a rusher. That's why he was a second-round pick. Well, we know the kid from uh, eastern Wisconsin, Gedecky, Gedecky. He beat him on the backside for a gain of one. And then he made a, a knockdown against Cody Mock, the starting right guard. So he made two plays and seven snaps. You might see him more against the Niners. The Niners have some problems on the right side of that offensive line. Um, and the center. <sighs> okay, that a Pascoe, 32 snaps. He had one hurry, one pressure. Kaminsky played 38. Those are those kind of five-techie, three-technique guys. They're trying to get away from playing the, more than just one big body. So they're going with McNeil, and then they don't want another big body. You know, Pascal and Kaminsky are about 290, 285. Kaminsky had a bat, and then on that last uh, the winning interception by Barnes, he had a knockdown against the center, Hainsey. He didn't get much credit for it, but it was a big play. Okay, that's it on the front. Let's go to the edge. Hutchinson. All right, so I'm going to let my Michigan thing get involved here, you know, but when he beat Ohio, when they beat Ohio State in Ann Arbor, that's three years ago. That's Hutchinson's final season. He was walking around the stadium and the snowflakes and all that, just sucking it, you know, just enjoying it times hundred. And um, and I had followed this guy his career at Michigan, and I just knew what he had. And I talked to some people there as well. And I knew what he meant to that locker room and the change of culture. And, and I discussed with a couple scouts just the emotion from that moment and what he meant. And I talked to some guys, and I said, whoever gets him, he's going to mean the same thing for his next team in the NFL. The guy is just into this, and he's going to be into wherever he goes. And they agreed. But Jacksonville took Trevon Walker. Okay, so Hutchinson's here again. He's their one rusher, period. They had nothing from Aquara on the other side. One pressure and 38 snaps. They got nothing. Charles Harris is inactive. They're trying to play Campbell or Barnes sometimes out there. James Houston's not was inactive. He's not quite ready. They got nothing on the other side. It's all Hutchinson, man. He got a hurry against Gadecki. He wrecked a bubble screen for a gain of one. Um, he got a sack on a third and four. Gedecki was laid out of his snap stance and 2.2 was the sack, sack's time. I think he got too wide on that um, when he dropped in zone coverage and they threw the touchdown screen pass to Rashad White for 12 yards. Gadecki had a better angle than he should have to block him on that play. He got a knockdown on a spin against Gadecki. He got a flush against Mock. He got a knockdown on a spin against Mock. That's about six or seven pressures. Constant double teaming and chipping and harassment. Is he their most valuable player? Yeah. Him or Goff? Yeah, him or Goff. You so, go did Dan Goff. Campbell
0: call Panay Sewell their, his best player?
1: Yeah, I think he did. But difference between that and most valuable, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they have nobody else that can do this. I think their defense would be up shit creek without a okay uh that's it uh the edges there's nothing let's go to linebacker Barnes. okay now we know about the great play at the end the zone drop a fantastic play this is his third year he has been slow to pick up the system he's a fourth round guy from purdue played a lot on the ball um as a pass rusher at purdue a lot of snaps out there converting to an off-the-ball backer. He's had a lot of screw-ups in the passing game. You could see it in this game. They got him on play action on a drag to the tight end for 14. I believe he blew that coverage on the wheel route to K-Dot for 27. He missed a tackle on Rashad White in the flat, extra 13. So he was really playing not very well in this game. And then for him to make a zone drop, a drop interception, After all the problems he's had, you know, and you could tell that interview both on the field and in the locker room, I saw some tape of that one. Um, He's somewhat referring to that. He's speaking real fast, but he knows how much the Lions have stuck with him. Now, the guy is a violent, crushing hitter, and that's what I love about him. But there's been constant teaching by Aaron Glenn and Campbell and the whole organization to get this guy on the field and harness his, his strengths and minimize his weaknesses. And that play, it was quite a moment, I think, for that whole defense. Everybody was stunned. All right. Jack Campbell um bid on play action. Palmer got behind him for 24 on that zone coverage. Anzalone's been a little bit quiet since he got dinged a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, he, he hasn't done much. So that's it there. Let's go to the secondary T. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Cameron Sutton. I mean, Evans is 8 for 147 out of 12 targets, and this is four games in a row. Somebody's been north of 140 against the Lions secondary. He made a great breakup on a slant to Evans early. Um, uh, Evans had 23 on a – Sutton was way off, and it was a deep stop route. He missed a jam on Evans on a fade for 27. They threw up to Evans behind him for 29, 16-yard uh, touchdown on a post against zone. Sutton was involved in that on a 50-50 ball. I mean, the guy's a pro. He does what he can. It's their cross to bear. On the other side, you know, they started uh, they started Jerry Jacobs for 12 of 13 games, Tyler. Now he never even gets a snap. It's all Kindell Vildor, a guy from the Bears, a starter there, 21 and 22. He's a man specialist. That's the best thing he does. He had a hell of a breakup on third and five on that slant to Godwin. he played a good football game. The Nickelback is really, really good. This is a great Nickelback position in the NFC North. You got uh, Skyler, Skyler Gordon, you got Metellus in Minnesota, and you got Nixon in Green Bay. They all played the full season. It's a great position. I am. I got to write that this afternoon. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I've heard all the people talk. I don't know. Brian Branch, he gets a slot sack and 2.8. White just fanned on the pickup. He's physical. He had a run blitz off the slot for minus four. Uh, He was offside once. He's just a really good player. The safeties, they're alternating. Joseph, 43 snaps. Gardner, 34. Malafanu, 54. So let's start with the most snaps. Malafanu. The guys come from nowhere. They're going to have to pay him, Tyler. This is one of, a real revelation for this team this year. He's got a timing on blitz sacks, man. 2.4, he gets a sack. Shows timing and burst. Um, he gave up an 18-yard completion to Evans on, from number three position on an over route on third and two. He missed Rashad White on third and six on a check down. That was a gain of nine. It was bad. He missed Evans on a completion. Extra 10, not good. But then he had another sack from deep. He broke up, broke up a two-point pass to Evans. He's really good, I think. Um, Kirby Joseph broke up a pass to Otten. Straddles the guy. Was he looking for a p- unnecessary roughness or unsportsmanlike conduct penalty? It didn't fall. It was probably within a second of falling. And then Gardner-Johnson had the tip on the uh, tip ball playing center field. Huge drop by Mike Evans. Um, okay. And uh, I just hope Gardner Johnson, you know, I hope he's a pro, you know. I mean, he tends to say anything he wants, and he's a bit outrageous. And, you know, the team has made so many friends around the state and around the country. I don't think you need this guy Any showing any selfish behavior and, you know, getting penalties or something like that. All right. All right. Fox, the kickoff, the punter, he kicks off six touchbacks. Badgley, one attempt, made it from 23. Fox, the punter, averaged 43.6. They got a good kicking game. And uh, I thought little Dorsey did a good job on teams. That's it for the Lions, hell
0: of a breakdown. I, I guess what we're getting to is what chances do you give them at Santa Clara to upset the San Francisco 49ers? I'm not making a pick right now, Tyler. I got till the end of the week, don't I? You do. You do. Early thoughts? Any thoughts at all on this matchup?
1: Yeah. Where's that Niner depth chart? All right, we got it. All right, early thoughts. They're 0-13 out there in San Francisco. Their last win was in 75 at Keysar Stadium. I was never at Keysar, but I was by it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 0-13. So it's not real good. The other stat is uh, their old their last eleven road playoff games they're winless. <laughs> okay, the Niners working ABB, McKivitts and Feliciano. That's a shaky right side. It really is, and the center. He's been around Jake Brendel, but he's undersized. Put Hutchinson over there, and he can do damage. Purdy does not like a wet ball. And I guess it's almost no chance of rain out there. So you're not going to have the underdogs rain. Samuel is 50-50, right, T? That's what uh, Shanahan said on Monday. (laughs) Defensively, they have to do something against Purdy, but he's gettable. We know he's gettable, and he is gettable. Um, Hutchinson has to show a lot more than Rashawn Gary did, though, and he will. He's a lot better player. All right, on the other side of the ball, losing Jonah Jackson Hurts. Those are good DTs. Armstead, Hargrave, Kinlaw, and Givens, those four guys, that's as good a rotation as you got in football. Boza and Chase Young, they've got to stop them, but it's not going to be easy. Linebackers are really good. They're quick and they're violent, and they can shut down Detroit's run game. Those guys are great players. They couldn't shut down Aaron Jack John, Jones, though. Mm-hmm. Is Gibbs as good as Aaron Jones? I don't know. The secondary for San Francisco, Packers did some damage against them. Even charvarius Ward gave up some stuff. I guess I don't like their secondary all that much. It's better than Detroit's, but it's not that much better. Yeah, it's winnable. But will it be won by the Detroit? I don't know.
0: Stay tuned for the predictions later this week at Go along. Yep. Okay. Again, memory.
1: All right, so the Packers season is over, so we're not going to get into any former Packer game. But these are just two things I got some notes on. So let's go to number one, okay? I paid a lot of attention to the Packers scouting department all these years, you know, and I got a really thick file, Packer scouts. So I got – like, the date of birth, the date they were hired, the day they left the organization, dating back to about, like, 1980. So, Charlie Army, who was a Packer scout, he got hired by Dick Corrick in about 86, uh, left about five years later, and then he became general manager of the St. Louis Rams when they won the Super Bowl. So, Charlie told me this in '04, and I'm looking at my notes. You ever been to the Club Chalet, Tyler? no. Well you were out on that far far east side. It's on Nicolay Road. Built in nineteen forty-four. It's the oldest old supper club in Green Bay. Wait a minute. I think I was. Yeah. It's on the did right side. Did you go there when my ed- parents were in town? I'll bet not with me you didn't, but I'll bet you did. Okay. It's probably it does sound ten familiar. miles from, ten miles from Dykesville. It is a classic, classic place. Yes. It's still open. So the Packers scouts were out there one day, one night. And in the group was Charlie Army, who's a big guy. John Zalosik, who was brought in by Tom Brots in 87. John was a burly guy. Um, Ray Witeka, former center of the New York Giants in their glory years in the 50s and early 60s. These are all scouts. And Dave Hanner, the Packer, great player, great DT, great coach. And one of the best people I ever met in Green Bay. Love Dave Hanner. I think everybody does. The Arkansas always had that chew of tobacco. Dave, when I'd ask him about players before the draft, and those are the days you could bring in unlimited for training camp, mid July, 110, 120, you go 130 if you got enough uniforms, you know, got enough jocks. <laughs> and Dave, I'd get him, mention some free agent or somebody, he'd say, wouldn't have him in camp. Wouldn't have him in camp. <laughs> that was just, you know, reject, man. Wouldn't have him in camp. Well, anyway, the boys were drinking around the bar at the Club Chalet. And I'm sorry if you're not a Green Bay person, but if you are, you know the Club Chalet. <laughs> the boys were drinking. And according to Charlie, Jalosic was harassing Dave Hanner. And everybody loved Dave. And Dave was a gentle giant. I mean, he was just a great guy. They're all on, um, this was probably Wolf's staff at this point. I'm not sure of the year. I'm going to say 92, 93. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Waitaka retired in 95. Hanna retired in 96. Well, anyway, Jalasic's harassing Hanner. And, uh, and all of a sudden, Waitaka just had had enough. And he wanted to kill Jalasic. So he grabbed Jalasic by the throat and had him up against the wall, and he would not let go until Dave Hanner told him to. <laughs> so the boys, <laughs> that has no bearing on anything, Tyler, but it's just a random oh one, God. one to bring up, okay? So scouts could get a little gnarly at times. Now, let's have another one. We just finished watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Coached by Tad, Todd Bowles, who I've never met, never spoken to, But I've really admired him from a distance as a player, starting safety on that Redskins uh, Super Bowl team in 87, quarterback by Doug Williams. He played, uh, he went to Temple, and he played eight years in the NFL. Yep, as a safety, 82 starts, picked off 15 passes. Well, so Todd Bowles then, uh, he was cut by Washington March 1 of 94, and that ended his playing career. So all of a sudden, the Packers hired Todd Bowles, and they hired him on June 1. Let me check my notes. June 1 of 96. So that's right before the start of their Super Bowl year, and they give him the East Coast. I don't know what he had been doing for those uh, two years before that. So all of a sudden, I asked Ron Wolf about this, and he said, Bobby, just quit so he quit in january of 97 now i don't know if it was before the super bowl when they won in new orleans i don't know that and um because doug williams who was head coach at Moorhouse, asked him to come to Moorhouse college in atlanta i believe that is to be defensive coordinator which Bowles did and then um and then the next year, when Williams became head coach at Grambling, Bulls went with him as D.C. again. But the thing is, was, he was only there six or seven months. Well, he quit so abruptly that I'm told he left a rental car at some airport on the East Coast. It, he didn't even turn the thing in, I'm told. And one of the other people in the office or something had to go and retrieve this car.
0: So... <laughs> <laughs> That's that's all I got. That's, I love these it. It's random. <laughs> they're both really random stories, Tyler. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get at no. the end of these podcasts, but you will that's be right. rewarded one way or the other for for lasting this long. I love it, Tyler. I got nothing else. Okay, blabbed me neither. Here. I got playoff brain mush at this point with all these games, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, I know that we've got a ton of Bills fans who listen and read, a ton of Packer fans who listen and read that may be disappointed but you know Ravens Chiefs Lamar Jackson Patrick Mahomes is going to be a hell of a game Lions 49ers the Lions trying to create their own history here Kyle Shanahan trying to get to the, back to the Super Bowl I mean there's there's a ton of storylines there's a ton to cover I'm looking forward to exploring some new teams here and thank you everybody for listening for reading uh we'll be back Bob right oh yeah Beautiful. Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it, T. All righty. We'll catch you soon, guys.